This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys select T.D. Lamb. And now, your hosts, Brian Broaddus, David Hellman, Bucky Brooks, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a wonderful Tuesday edition of the DallasCowboys.com draft show as we are just 44 days away from the NFL draft. Getting into crunch time, closing in on a month until the draft as we're in the middle of March for this episode of the draft show. Glad you're with us, Kyle Yeomans, Brian Broaddus, Bucky Brooks, and the great David Hellman. As always, our usual Tuesday crew, 10 a.m. Central Time. Glad you're with us live Streaming coast to coast and around the world on DallasCowboys.com. However, Brian, I mentioned it's crunch time. It's also free agency time. Is this the most hectic part of the year, maybe month of the year, these last 45 days or so leading up into the draft? Because not only are you looking for draft prospects, but you're trying to fill holes with free agencies. I just want to know what it's like in scouting departments and front offices around this time of year because I'm sure it's madness, March Madness probably per se. Yeah, no, it is, and it's it's a, it can be a very difficult time, and you have to be able to budget your time, and especially with the Dallas Cowboys situation. I, I remember many a day, you know, working on the pro side of things, and then we, uh, myself and staff, meeting with Jerry and Stephen Jones, and then the head coaches about uh, about free agency during draft meetings and things like that. So yeah, it was. It was a lot of work, a lot of buildup, and you know these opening days, this tampering period stuff. I mean, we've seen a lot of signings already, a lot of guys taken off the, uh, you know, taken off the street, and so you know that makes it very, very difficult now to, you know, do you have a plan? What is your plan? Is your is your plan to say, okay, we were going to be players in, uh, you know, in day three, day four, day five, whatever, a week now, two weeks from now, so. Everybody, you'll see teams sticking to your plans. Teams like New England, uh, you know, obviously have gone out. They said, listen, we weren't good enough last year. Go out and make a bunch of signings. But that's, you know, some teams operate in different ways. But, yeah, it's very, very hectic because you're really planning for two things. You're trying to prepare your draft boards and things like that. And then you're also trying to have your pro free agency board and then make sure that those two things marry for you. Bucky, what is that process like, and, and what are some of your experiences whenever it comes to the, the overlap of the draft process and then free agency as well? I think, Brian, I tell you, very early in the process, what you do is you try and assess where the draft is strong and where it's weak at. And if you can have that conversation in January or immediately either before the combine or right after the combine, it then allows you to put a plan in place for free agency. So uh, with the Cowboys, we talk about defensive tackles and being able to look at the draft and say, hey, not many defensive tackles. If we're going to get a guy inside, we may need to go early and heavy in free agency and see what is there. And then at some of the other positions, you're seeing a lot of wide receivers that are just kind of languishing out there. I believe it's because you have teams that are looking at the free agent market and saying, why overpay for a pass catcher when I can get one of these young guys on the cheap in the draft? And so it's the constant compare and contrast between what is available in the draft, what's available in the free agent market, and your scouts are all working together to kind of figure out what's the best plan for the team to go forward. All right, so thank 
Thank you all both for not making the joke because I was dying to make the joke. I mean, how hectic and stressful it is probably depends on who you work for, don't you think? Because uh, <laughs> there's a lot more activity in some front offices than others uh, this week, if I may be so bold. Yeah, the first the first axiom of warfare is know the enemy, and I think we know the enemy here. Yeah, it's ourselves. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, yeah, I, and I do think so. I'm. I love I love what Bucky said, and it's you know it's not rocket science, but I am fascinated when the Cowboys do you know eventually get around to signing some players, whenever that may be. Uh, I'm interested to see what direction they go. You know, what does this team need? We all we know we you know they need yeah. Shout out to Brian as the Philly, Philadelphia Eagles uh, GM back in go to, the day. Go to YouTube and watch me answer that same question for you. Nineteen. We need <laughs> you, the fans know. Y'all know what we need. The Cowboys need defensive backs. They need some beef in the interior defensive line. They need some offensive tackle depth, et cetera, et cetera. So how do they address that here? You know, I'd love to say today, but it's probably more like over the next week or two. Um, but you know, if you know, do they look? to beef up defensive tackle. I honestly think that would be a great idea cuz yeah, I mean this is this is not a strong defensive tackle class at least not at the top of the draft. Um, you know, unfortunately a guy that a lot of people really love, Dalvin Tomlinson's already off the board. I don't think it was ever realistic to think he was going to sign with the Cowboys, but man, the deal he got in Minnesota was not earth-shattering. It was not ludicrous or anywhere close to what anybody thought it could be. It was just two years, $22 million, and everybody kind of looked around and said, why why couldn't we do that? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was talking to a guy with the Giants on the way home from my radio show yesterday, and I asked him, I said, what do you think the market is for Dalvin Tomlinson? He says he's going to get somewhere between $10 and $13 million. And I said, well, the Cowboys are out then. There's no way. And then he signs basically for $11 million. The Cowboys were never going to play in that game. And, you know, the more that you talk to the people in the front office, and Dave's right and Bucky's right, I mean, you you know what the Cowboys are going to do. Stephen Jones, after the Dak Prescott, uh, during the press conference, he was talking about the draft and, you know, how to prepare and how much confidence he has in Will McClay and those guys. You know, he was setting you down that road. And then the more you talk to him, it's like, oh, this cap space that they have, it's like, well, guys, we've got other things we have to take care of. Restricted tenders, uh, you know, they have to take care of things with the practice squad. I mean, there's money they want to carry over for things that, you know, certain things they've already earmarked. So if you're a fan, you're looking at cap space for the Cowboys, you're thinking, all right, they go get a guy. But to them, it's like that money is already spent. We see it, but they've already spent it. So that's the way they operate. And, you know, if, if a week from now there's somebody still lingering out there, you know, maybe that's where they jump in. But they're, they're not going to be spenders in this thing initially like what we've seen the New England Patriots do the last couple of days. Which, and for the record, I, I do not want the Cowboys to behave like the Patriots. I don't think they need to do that. I think that's reckless. The Patriots are doing this because... Reckless. Abso- reckless. Absolutely. No, it's absolutely... Find me the team that has set the pace for like most money spent in free agency and tell me how they did and tell me how those contracts worked out. The Patriots are doing this because they don't have any talent on their roster. Like, they... They like how many guys do the Patriots have as a starter right now? I mean, 
the answer's different now because they signed all these good players. But, like, coming into this week, coming into this week, like, how many blue-chip players did they have? Like, they haven't drafted that well. They're going to get some guys back from COVID opt-outs. You know, Dante Hightower's a good player. Stephon Gilmore's a good player. Mm -hmm. But they're a talent-poor team, in my opinion, and that's why they're doing that. Having said that, We've and I, you know, we've done this a million times. I'm tired of saying it. Like the Cowboys need to find a better balance. Uh, you know, going back to the press conference from last week, Brian Jerry Jones also said, "Anything I've ever gotten that was worth the money, I overpaid for, and any time I ever thought I was getting a bargain, that's exactly what I was getting." Which mm. the irony there is pretty palpable. You know, saying that a week before free agency yeah. opens, knowing that the Cowboys are bargain hunters in free agency. Yeah, he was he was talking about guys he drafted like Tyron Smith and Zach Martin and Amari sure. Cooper and people. Well, he didn't draft Amari Cooper; he traded for Amari Cooper. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, your, your point your point is right, Dave. They they really the Cowboys don't have that balance. Stephen Jones and, and there was an era where I was working for the team where we spit like drunken sailors because we were so bad at drafting. You know, we were just terrible at drafting and you have to supplement your your misses. You know, you're right. You have to find a roster. The problem with the Patriots is that they're lacking at the most important position and that's quarterback. You know, sure. so they'll probably address that in, during the draft. But yeah, I, I think that it's you have to have balance, and and the Cowboys really don't. They believe in free agency as signing their own. Mm-hmm. That that's their philosophy. They look at Dak Prescott as one of the best free agent signings in the history of the National Football League. That's how they view that right now. Everybody else is like, oh, you're just signing your own. But they look at it as like, you know, this yeah. guy had a chance. You know, we could this guy could have got to free agency. We signed him. That's just how those guys operate. Now, with yeah, I also think like Cal. I, th- yeah. I think um, it's important to note like sometimes uh, you want to be a little slower to the party so you don't overpay. Because remember, mm-hmm. the leverage flips after seventy-two hours. Yeah. If you're a player, if you haven't signed a deal within the first seventy-two hours, now it's like musical chairs because now you're worried. All oh, the big money's gone. I just got to sign the best deal that I can find. And if you're a team who can target a handful of players where you know, okay, they may slip through the cracks, there are some deals to be made that will help the team. And we can talk about Dalvin, Dalvin Thompson. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying $11 million for a nose tackle that doesn't really rush the, the passes. Like, it's, it's one of those things like, yeah, we need to stop the run and do those things, but you don't want to overpay for that because especially coming off the heels of Don Tari Poe and Gerald McCoy and those guys, I think there's a little snake they, they've been snake bit because they spent money last year and they didn't get anything out of the position. I think they want to avoid that. So I'm really glad you said that, Bucky, because Dave and Brian are talking about this balance, this balance between free agency and the draft, and it is. It's a, it's a tightrope you have to walk as a front office. Is there ever any frustration from either side? Because you have the pro scouting department, you have the collegiate scout, scouting department, you have both sides of that, that coin and you have to walk the line between the two. Is there ever frustration or, or any kind of tension between the two sides, Bucky, whenever these kind of conversations are hitting the table and you're kind of finally getting to crunch time around this part of the year? It depends on the background of the decision-maker. Hmm. If the decision-maker comes from the collegiate side, he's more apt to listen to the college scouts. He's more likely to take an approach that is a draft and develop homegrown approach. If it's a guy that may have spent most of his time on the pro side, he may feel like he has a better handle on free agents and how to fill them in to the gap. There's a lot of that, like where you come from, you have some natural biases 
hopefully what you can do is have very constructive uh, conversations where you figure out, hey, what is best for what we need right now? Do we need to go in the draft? Do we need to go in free agency? But it can be contentious. It can be a little mm-hmm. acrimonious. Yeah, well, Bucky, you better love me as a pro guy because I'm getting you compensatory picks when these, uh, <laughs> you know, when these guys, you know, when, you know, when I, I, we, when I, I we like trade, players. when I we like trade players. for Robert Quinn, when we trade for Robert Quinn and he gets 11 and a half sacks and then we get you, you know, a third, fourth round pick to help who you draft. Pick, who did the pick, who did the pick turn into? We don't know yet. We don't know. It's 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 one okay, for this so draft. So, so, hit, draft. so hit me hit me back when we yeah. figure out. Who hey, I got you. Done. I got you. I got you the pick for you know. I got you the pick at four. <laughs> I got you the pick at four one thirty five. You took Prescott. Nice job on that one. Good job. You know. So that's it's all good there. That's a good one. Yeah, that, that's signing. Hey, I will say this. I like I'll I'll say this, Kyle, real quick. And I I know I'm never quick, but I'll say this. <laughs> They're they're in a situation right now. Will McClay and those pro guys had a bad offseason last year. Yeah, they did. They they had a bad Mm -hmm. offseason. And that's Will McClay's baby right there. That's his area of expertise. He coordinates what they do in all the scouting. I think his area of expertise, though, is the pro side of things and where he came from. Yeah, those guys had a bad. They had a bad off season, and you know I don't think it's a thing that stings them. But you also got to give them credit for what I was talking about with Robert Quinn. They saw you know Chris Greer down in Miami, new GM. They saw a bad scheme fit for a player. They made a trade. This is where if I'm the Cowboys, that I do take what compensatory picks we got, and maybe target somebody else's team and instead of getting guys that are out there on free agency maybe you say okay I'll give you this third round pick compensatory I'll give you this fourth round pick I'll give you this uh, fifth round pick that I got in order to to try and facilitate of trading for a guy maybe that is established that you're like okay this guy we could plug him in immediately the Cowboys need to get back to doing things that way more so than you know the Don Terry Poe's and the Gerald McCoy's that if you watch them play they look like they're two, three years removed from how good they once were. When you look at the Cowboys front office and there's this, like you said, kind of the split between the, the pro and the college. And I don't know if there's was have you guys remembered a year where there is such a pro and, and collegiate split as there was in 2020? Because I'm trying to look back. And I don't think I have one because the draft was so highly touted. You ended up bringing in three or four longtime starters for the Cowboys, and then you turn around and, like you said, you sign five or six guys that you think are going to be somewhat potential starters, and they don't even make it out of training camp. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix, Dontari Poe, even Gerald McCoy, if you want to talk about the injury. Those three guys didn't even make it out of training camp without really making an impact. And I know Poe played. But he never really made an impact at any point uh, throughout the saying, season. Poe was here for half he was a year. Here, he just but didn't was he know really it here from looking at the box score? Exactly. No, was no. he was he really? No, here? I agree with you. Not so much. But has there ever been a split, Dave? Whenever it comes to those two sides, like there was a year ago, and can the Cowboys afford to do that again? I mean. Last year was an extreme example because the draft was so good and free agency was so bad, but I'd say that's kind of been the story of the Cowboys over the last seven or eight years. Obviously, that's where my expertise is going to lie because that's who I cover 365 days a year. But, yeah, I mean, this is a team that has drafted much better than most over the last at least six or seven years, and they just don't do a ton in free agency. I mean, honestly, in the time that I've covered the team – 
their far and away best free agency acquisition was probably Jeremy Mincy, mm. who like you know nice guy, solid role player on a couple of good teams. But like if that's if that's the best that you're doing for me, that's not good because. And that's that's kind of my point is, you know, even teams that build through the draft find ways to add premium talent through free agency. You know, I bring it up all the times. So, you know, I know Howie Roseman's in hot water right now. I know the Eagles look like a garbage fire right now, but they made a handful of amazing moves in free agency to help build that roster into a team that eventually won the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, Malcolm Jenkins was a free agency acquisition, Rodney McLeod, Tim Jernigan, uh, which, you know, to Brian's point, that was a trade that brought a quality young player onto an already good defensive line. You, like I said, you got to find a balance. I don't want them to set the market in terms of money spent, but mm-hmm. – rubbing rubbing quarters together trying to turn it into a quality roster clearly that doesn't work either we've seen it many many times well tampa did it this past year in the super bowl if you look at what they they drafted really well on defense but yeah. you add in damakon sue guys like that you know that that makes a difference for your team yeah and that tom brady guy that they Wait, signed hey, a free agency I, helps out a lot as well which <laughs> Tom Brady is obviously the ultimate outlier, but am I? Yeah. Uh, Shaquille Barrett was a free agency acquisition as well. Right. Oh yeah, right. he was a, he was playing second fiddle to Von Miller for a few years, and now he's you know he's a yeah. you know big money guy. He's got I think he's got thirty sacks in two years with the Bucks. Yeah, free agency acquisition. Wow. Yeah, I mean that's a I think per- that perfect example. Under- yeah, but I think that also comes down to scheme fit because Shaq Barrett and. Three or four years with the Broncos had 14 and a half sacks. Who would sure. imagine that he would come to Tampa and his first year have 19 and a half? Like, yeah. that's True. partially like uh, the numbers being inflated a little bit by playing with Todd Bowles and Todd Bowles creating these blitzes to have one on one opportunities. But that's all a part of the deal. And if the coaches and the scouting staffs are in lockstep and they're able to clearly get on the same page with here's what we need, here's how we're going to play him, this is why he's going to be effective for us, it can work. It can't work. And specifically with kind of keeping that balance between free agency and the draft, I kind of want to get you guys' opinion on positions of need for the Cowboys that are better suited to go after in free agency rather than the draft. Because, I mean, we've been talking about corner, safety, defensive line, interior defensive line specifically for the Cowboys on the show throughout really the the 40 episodes or whatever we're at at this very moment. However, there's still a long way to go in free agency side of things. So, Brian, when you look at both the free agency class and the draft class, is there any position that you feel better for one way or the other? Well, the thing about it is what they're probably going to do now is you're going to lean on your coaches a little bit about, you know, and, and I'm talking about the de- – I'm looking more at the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I, I, You know what, I maybe I'm in the minority here real quick about these defensive tackles. I, I think they're actually a pretty good group in the draft. I, I know wow. there's not the top guy up there. We've seen Alabama – I mean, Barmore's probably on everybody's list and stuff like that. But we, we've gone through that, that, that second, third, fourth round, and, I mean, there's some quality guys there. I, I wouldn't be opposed to having some of those kids come in and, and play that nose tackle spot and, and be just fine. But, you know, I, I think if you're the Cowboy, if you're a Cowboy fan, you've got to then – we always like to connect the dots with Dan Quinn and, and, and that crew and, you know, okay, what players did he have? Did he have – okay, who he have in Seattle? Okay, who do he have in Atlanta? 
you know, I was asking some scouts this morning about uh, Kazee, the 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 safety mm-hmm. yeah. that uh, that uh, you know everybody's got the Cowboys tied to. First three years, man, guy was super aggressive, super after a ball hawking type guy. Last year, he played not to get hurt, and what happened to him? He got hurt. Yep. So you know, there's there's all kinds of things that I think now it's going to turn into familiarity. And like Bucky says, it's musical chairs when you're when you're a guy and you're thinking, okay, I don't have a job. And so, okay, where am I going to go? I need to go someplace where I have some familiarity with the coach who might take care of me. You know, Joe Witt might take care of, of a Kazee or something like that. Again, mm-hmm. coming off a Achilles injury, a lot of positive things. He is a true cover three free safety. Mm-hmm. Now, Neil on the other side, his teammate, that guy is a, that is a strong safety. So, mm-hmm. to me, I'm not going that route. I'm trying to find a true free and if you want to connect the dots with Atlanta's Kazee, who was at San Diego State, who was a corner, who was a converted into a safety, connect the dots. That might be a good one for you to start with. Yeah, I, I think, Brian, you're right on it. I would expect to see a bunch of Falcons defectees find their way to Dallas, but they'll find it at the right price yep. because you waited out. Okay, Keanu Neal, go see what's out there for you. Oh, you can't find a home? Maybe. We can find a spot for you and make it work. Same thing with, I think it's Ricardo Allen and DeMonte KZ. Those guys know the system. It allows you to really get a jump start on what you want to do. And I know they attempted it last year with HaHa Clinton-Dix. It's a little different because the defense is different. This would be players coming out of the same system going to coaches that know them, that coached them as recently as last year. I think there's something. I think the one guy that I would keep an eye on that I'm fascinated what his free agency ends up looking like, and that would be former LSU standout Patrick Peterson, because there's conversation about Pat P yep. moving inside to play safety. Um, it's not the easiest move. I don't think he necessarily has the juice anymore to play corner, but I would be intrigued um, by him playing free safety at this stage of his career. I think he still has a lot to offer if. He'll tackle because he's never really been a tackler. If he'll tackle, I think he has a lot to offer. Yeah, that's Bucky. It's real quick, Dave. I know you're going to make a point about this, oh, but okay. I have a, in radio, I have a group called the Gang of Seven. They're my seven general managers that are kind of working the shadows for me. And I was talking to them about Patrick Peterson. They think that there's enough market pat for Patrick Peterson to still play corner. That that he might not be on the Charles Woodson transition train or Rod Woodson transition train or any of those guys that move from corner to safety later in their career. They feel like that there's still enough of a market for him as a corner that he might not make that transition. But you're absolutely right, Bucky. That's one that I would clearly clearly work on right now. The corner positions. I, I mean, what no. was that, Dave? No, go ahead, Kyle. I was just no, gonna, go ahead. I was go just going to say the corner position might turn out to be a little bit more of a need than safety because we do have some Cowboys breaking news here on the draft show for those of you who are watching live. Uh-oh. So, oh. your oh buddy uh, Mike Garofalo from the NFL Network, Bucky Brooks, uh, tweeting out three minutes ago: Bengals agree to terms on a three-year contract with former Dallas Cowboys corner Chidobi Awuzie, source says, since he continuing to make moves mm. on defense. So Chidobi seemingly on his way out. That one a report from the NFL Network. So we might unpack uh, that I mean, a little bit, and we might I talk mean, about how there's a... Are, a, we broken? are, we, are, we, bro- what was are that? we broken up about that? 
No, no, not really. It was kind of expected. Am I the one? I no. didn't get the rose on the bachelor last night. Like I'm just trying to figure out if I should be broken up. I thought oh, no. my reaction should be to Ch- to no. Cheeto. I to think Cheeto going to the Bengals. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and pat myself and pat. I think pat us all on yep. the back because we've been Don't saying pat me on the back. No, you deserve it too. We've been saying for weeks like Cheeto. Uh, Cheeto's going to get a bigger, better deal than a lot of people would have guessed, and the fact that he's signing it. Before free agency even opens is a testament to that yeah. fact. How much? How much? How much was the money for? Uh, it, we it wasn't have, specified. We don't have yet. the figures yet. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, okay. Because they overpaid for Trey Hendrickson, so yes, they did. Bings are just out there just spitting money I out thought, like the I ATM. Carl Lawson was a better player myself. Much better. I can't understand. They paid big money for Trey Hendrickson. Well, they let uh, silly stuff happens during oh, free agency, man. They let Will man. Johnson walk. Is that what his name was? The other corner that was in Cincy. I can't remember what his oh, name Will, was. Oh, William Jackson. William Jackson. That's what it was. William Jackson, Will Jackson from Houston. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They let him walk as well. So yeah, former first rounder. Yeah. So I mean, they're making some moves as well. But we're gonna take our quick break here on the DallasCowboys.com draft show. When we come back, we've got sixty-five Twitter on the question. Twitter on the 20 questions to choose from. That's going to be a tough to, to nail down, and we'll probably kind of uh, continue unpacking this Cheeto news when we return on the DallasCowboys.com draft show. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer, brewed with great taste and only 96 calories, available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Hey, Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. Available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show, as always, presented by Miller Lite. Glad you're with us. Brian Broaddus, Bucky Brooks, David Hellman. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Time now for some Twitter on the 20. Twitter on the 20. Chris Beam, as always, in the back doing fantastic work. And uh, I just have to give a, get a, give a shout-out to all those draft nerds out there that are watching and listening to our show 
uh, and their interaction on Twitter. I've got close to 70 questions for Twitter on the 20 this week, which is just unbelievable to mm. me. Thank you, guys. 70 Thank you. questions? Are you kidding me? This is awesome. I mean, we could do an entire show on this, and maybe we'll have to at some point. But uh, got plenty to talk about here on Twitter on the 20. I'm going to start things off with uh, we talk about improving the defense. And basically, it, it, it kind of goes back into what we were talking about in that first segment. But this comes from Speaking Dim Boys on Twitter. It says, when we commit to improving the defense, obviously isn't in free agency. So can we commit the 10th pick, 44th pick, 3rd and 4th round picks to premium defenders and get developmental offensive tackle in the later rounds? This goes against kind of what we talked about last week as well, a potential of maybe spending high premium picks. Bucky, I know you were on that uh, that bandwagon as well on offensive tackle early. Is there a chance that you find an offensive tackle that late in the draft this year? I mean, potentially you're looking at the same kind of situation that you had last year. I mean, mm-hmm. when you draft an offensive tackle late, like you're not getting one of the premier guys that is a plug-and-play guy. And so when you take a developmental guy, you're talking about two or three years before they're really ready to play and play at a high level. I think it's uncommon. I can't remember the last late-round offensive tackle to emerge as a guy. Like I know Jason Peters went from being an undrafted free agent tight end to emerging as a Pro Bowl tackle, but that's an uncommon situation. You just don't see that happen often. Yeah, I'm thinking, I, oh, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I do think there's some guys late, and maybe maybe there's a guy that you can develop. I, I'm just going to throw a name out there. I, I watched this guy, Walker Little, from Stanford. Yeah. He's a guy that yeah. was, has been kind of banged up. He hurt his knee against uh, Wisconsin, uh, excuse me, against Northwestern a while back, and then and then now he's sitting out because of the COVID. He went out because of the COVID, but that's the type of guy you're kind of thinking about. You know, maybe a guy that kind of was banged up. He sat out because of COVID. Mm. You know, people are going to have to go back in their notes. The guy's six seven, three hundred and twenty pounds. It's huge. Maybe you don't have. Yeah, don't have a great feel for him, and he might fall through the cracks, but that's one of those guys that you think, okay, there's some talent there. I just kind of like keep an eye on guys like that. Try and look for those guys in that fourth round. That I'm not saying look at the sixth and seventh round, but you know, I'm sure in the NFL history there's a sixth-round tackle or something. I, I, I trust me. I know there's one out there. Yeah. But maybe keep a guy. Kind of look at your board when you're building it and see where the Walker Little guys fall in those kinds of things. I think that's where you can you can find that guy that, that, that could definitely help you on a day two type of a situation. I like that, Brian. I tend to – I, I mean, I, I don't dislike that at all for the record. And, I mean, if they wait until, like, the fourth round to draft an offensive tackle, I won't be, I won't be super upset about it. I do tend to agree with Bucky. There's a handful of positions where – if you're drafting him outside the top 100, then the odds are against you that he's ever going to be amazing. You know, I, I think I've brought it up before. You got to pick Richard, it 99. Just go ahead and make it then, and you'll be okay. That's, hey, that's totally fine. <laughs> I mean, you know, we all know. You know, Richard Sherman's going to the Hall of Fame. That doesn't mean you should count on finding all pro cornerbacks in the fifth round of the draft. Sure. Like, no. yeah. it's not a good strategy. And, but again, I I am bullish on Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins. I feel very good that they'll be able to play the vast majority of the season for you. <laughs> The problem. Oh, oh no, Bucky just Bucky just <laughs> laughed. The best. 
The vast majority. Tyron Smith has been hurt every year since 2016. Like, hey, there is I mean, a big difference, hey, we gotta, my friend. Come on, there is a, seven. Come on, there is a seven. Big, big difference between missing three games and missing 14 games. That, like, you can't even deny I got that. it. So, you know what I got? I got Dave. You're the guy that likes to work Monday through Thursday. You don't like to work Friday. Friday's not Ooh. in your work schedule. Hell so yeah, I'm we'll a just take, We'll just take a, we'll just take a mandatory a, a mandatory game off because we're load managing oh. Tyron Smith. So old we'll Trusty is back. We'll here randomly pick these three games and that he's going to miss. You and Brian oh, no. are the guys that are like you're not really working unless you're in the office all day Saturday and during holidays too. Y'all are gonna burn yourselves out. That's why Brian's trying to go to the lake at 57 years old. Get oh out of here. Gosh. I, the I just, point being, the point being, I'm now I'm mad again. It's fine. <laughs> oh, no. They're going, they're going to be, they're, whatever. They're going to be fine, I think. And either way, the overall point I wanted to make is that if you're just drafting defenders to say you're drafting defenders, you're going against the spirit of this whole thing. Like, look at look at the value that's available to you at each, in each individual pick. If Rashawn Slater is far and away your best option at 10, you should draft him. If if attack, you know, if if uh, Jenkins, the Oklahoma State guy is there for you at 44 and you think he's loads better than everybody else, you should draft him. Like you can't just be like we need defenders, so our first four picks need to be defenders. That's not how this works. Yeah. I would even look at Elijah Vera Tucker at 10 because I just think oh, that they wow, Elijah Vera Tucker that, can play. Yeah. He can play outside. He can play inside. That's we good talk about man. we talk about the guard position being a question mark. Why not get like why not upgrade? If you're gonna pay the million dollar baby, like you paid Dak Prescott, I want to put him in bubble wrap so he doesn't get touched. Yeah. And so if you're gonna make that commitment, you're paying forty two million dollars for your quarterback. Then you need to make sure that he's upright. I don't want to necessarily go and buy a Bentley. And, and, and put it on spare tires. Like, put some mm-hmm. rims on it, make it look nice or whatever. Like, make sure that he he is protected so you can score because their best defense is going to be their offense. I don't think they can find enough firepower this year to make that defense a top-ten defense. But I do know if they put 30 to 35 points up, it makes it a lot easier just to rush the pass when you don't have to worry about the running game. Yeah, just go ahead and draft Kyle Pitts and everything will be fine. Everything's going mean, to work if, itself if, out. I mean, if you feel like that, control the middle. Like, why not? Like why not just just oh, just go all the way in all offense all gas no breaks. Oh, uh, hey, uh, oh, Bucky okay, continues. Sark. Get him, okay, Sark. <laughs> Get him, Sark. Bucky continues spitting out these metaphors, and then he also had a bit of a spit take earlier. Whenever Dave provided his answer, I guess. And, and that, I still can't get over the reaction. Mean, I don't know how Bucky and I became mortal enemies. We're not, we're not, we're not, radio. We're not adversaries. Oh, you're just no. taking a very conservative approach. Last year I watched you guys, you were like, hey, let's... Forty. Now you want to play defense and punt? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. I, I'll tell you what we're That's doing. Exactly I watched DK Metcalf I watch DK Metcalf and Christian Kirk get five yards behind this defense oh every week. That's what happened. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. All right, this next question comes from Mr. Maya. I hope I said that name wrong. Or er, right. I hope I said it right. M-I-A-H. I don't want to say it wrong. Uh, does the signing of Noah Brown, as Noah Brown has agreed to terms for a one-year deal with the Cowboys, reduce a chance that we look for a late-round receiver 
in this draft, and he put Jalen Darden, of course, my favorite, North Texas, Darden to Dallas, everybody, uh, or Daz Newsome, etc. These different late-round receivers. Brian, do you think bringing back a Noah Brown maybe stifles that a little bit as he could be your fourth receiver? Yeah, I think that they have to think. And then Cedric Wilson was also given his tender there you uh, go. as well. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it, I I think that there's always going to be about depth. Uh, you know, it, will they use draft picks? I don't think so. I, you know, unless somebody – me personally, though, if you did something where you moved on from a receiver, say you moved on from Michael Gallup, say someone – tried to blow you away with the deal right now to get him. But like Bucky's talking about, this receiver class is pretty deep. I don't know if anybody will blow you away with an offer for somebody you currently have. I, I think if the Cowboys were going to do something, me personally, I would go get somebody from the law firm of more and more. The, our old Miss guy and then our also our Purdue, <laughs> Purdue guy. Because to me, the shorter type play, 2-2 Atwell's another one. This league is going to where the smaller type of guy, the inside players. Maybe you could kick, uh, you could kick CD outside. But if you had a guy that was a little bit shifty and, and could do a lot of different things, but yeah, I, I think that these signings, I think that kind of takes them out of the market right now for uh, for drafting a wide receiver. Dave, I would just throw out that I mean, at the end, I mean, at the end of the day, they do have ten picks, and the majority of those are day three. Mm-hmm. You know, if they like a guy. If they like a guy and they don't want to let him get to free agency, maybe they draft him. Uh, you know, I'm, I know he wasn't a pick. He wasn't a draft pick, but I'm thinking about uh, Jalen Guyton a, a year or two yeah. ago. No, another you North know, if, Texas if they, guy. If they love, yeah, if they love a guy like that and they would, you know, kind of like Ben DiNucci last year, like you'd rather draft him than mm. try to bid on him, maybe you do that. But, yeah, I think, you know, Noah and Cedric both being here for this season – Unless something crazy happens, I think you could probably rule out a big pick being spent on receiver. Bucky? I mean, I'm with that. No, I would think that it would be a day three guy, height, weight, speed guy, guy that yeah. can play special teams. Because eventually, uh, Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson, like that's, that's where their contributions are going to come in. And so you have to kind of get some guys that are up and ready to replace those guys when they move on. And maybe they're able to offer something that if you look, you're like, okay, I can see him maybe being a natural fill-in for Michael Gallup as a one-dimensional type player on the edge who also has special teams value. It just kind of depends on how they view Michael Gallup and how they view not 2021, but how do they view what their roster could look like in 2022. Yeah, go, they get ready. They're going to draft Waddle at 10, so as oh, we God. say. <laughs> oh, man. Let's go. I 50 burgers, baby. Somewhere Jeff I mean, Kavanaugh is smiling. But uh, I mean, why not? Not why, why not? not? Bucky's no? why not? All right, uh, why not? Bucky even though, even though I wouldn't, even though I wouldn't draft a wide receiver in the first round, I would, yeah, I wouldn't I would, either. I would, I would, I would say, I, I would maybe Cal Pitts at ten. I would be intrigued. You can get me. You can get your wide receiver in the second and third round. Come on, Brian. <laughs> like if there's hey, eight you know, million I, of them. I'm with you, man. I, hey, come on. I came in the same program you did. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, next question comes from aspiring journalist on Twitter. Give him some pubs. Do folks not have names journalist. on the no. Twitter accounts? No, this no, one no. actually the says aspiring not, I mean, journalist. What? Seriously. The, the name Siri, and, the, is, uh, and people, the handle have aspiring, uh, aspiring journalists on there. Come on, so. man. Uh, I don't know. He's got a really cool picture. Inspiring journalist, put your name out there. He's got a good picture. Put your name on your Twitter handle, man. Uh, So ask the question, Kyle. Yeah, Joe Thomas leaving. 
does that decrease or it does he's saying it does decrease the depth at linebacker but does it increase the chance of drafting a linebacker in the first two rounds in your opinion Brian yeah, I, you know, I, I would get ready. I mean, I know there's a lot of people and stuff like that. That I mean, I we've talked about Parsons and people, you know, that uh, Bolden from Missouri, Cora Moore, Notre Dame. I think people think maybe him as a safety and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I, I I would not discount a linebacker here. And I, I'm only doing this because mm-hmm. we need to figure out, if you're a Cowboy fan, you need to figure out what the, the contract situation is for Leighton Vanderesh. Dave told you last week that's a $9 million buy right there mm-hmm. on that fifth-year option in May. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you've got health issues some, uh, with uh, Jalen Smith. You know, he plays well sometimes. Other times he doesn't. They don't have a whole heck of a lot of depth there. I think that when at the end of the day, I wouldn't be surprised if they took – Corner, linebacker, linebacker, corner. It's some, some combination is, I think, going to be the first uh, first two picks, to, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Yeah. I would like to see them double up at some point at linebacker. I would like to see yeah. them get one maybe in the second and get another guy that can play maybe in the fourth. Um, with the Leighton Vander Esch deal, I, look, I think with Jalen Smith and Vander Esch, I think they both are question marks. $9 million on the option for Vander Esch, considering his injury history, to me, would be a little rich. And then with Jalen Smith, you just never know which one is going to show up. And so I think you have to prepare to get some run and chase guys. I do too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I was a fan of Joe Thomas. I thought for how Me they too. got him and what they asked him to do, you, you know, that you need guys like that on your team. Yep. Like they can step in and start and they can play a lot of special teams, blah, blah, blah. Awesome. Uh losing Joe Thomas is not what makes linebacker a need. Not knowing what you have in your two That's not that's not the issue for me. So, going to ask one more question, and I kind of want this to kind of trickle into the final segment here as well. But it comes from Call Me Krupa on Twitter, and he it, it, this question says, "Are we wasting too much time talking about top safety and top defensive tackle prospects in this class, knowing how this team in the past?" has historically approached these positions, should we instead be focusing on day three names at each of those two positions? So that's the question that I'm going to pose. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'll ask it again, and we'll kind of talk about some of those names that if the Cowboys elected to go offensive tackle and corner early on, then safety and D-tackle would then follow later on. When we come back, here on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. Available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. 
Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. Available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Glad you're with us. Bucky Brooks, Brian Broaddus, David Elman. I'm Kyle Yeoman trying to keep it together for at least 15 more minutes. Chris Beam in the back doing fantastic work here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios as always. And I, I put that question out there prior to going to break. Are we talking too much about premium defensive tackle and premium safety prospects early in this draft? And we talked a lot about both of those positions, but it's very likely that given the historical uh, past of this Cowboys organization that they neglect that position early in this draft class, or they just simply don't want to invest draft capital in there at all. So Dave, Whenever it comes to later round prospects, one, should we be talking about those names? And two, are there any names that stick out to you? Well, this guy sounds a lot like me because I'm usually the one that's saying, like, don't, like, just tell me what the Cowboys are going to do. Like, yeah. that's what I care about. But at the same time, the purpose of the show is to investigate and educate. Like, just because the Cowboys don't care about those positions, doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about it because lord knows we like to bang those drums and make ourselves feel smart later on when antoine winfield jr balls out for a super bowl champion team yeah so uh the answer to the my, my answer to that question is no like just because the cowboys aren't going to do it doesn't mean we shouldn't at least say hey here are the guys that they're ignoring for some reason yeah i think uh, guys that to me the the element of Let's not take a defensive tackle and let's not take a safety is now out of the building. I, I think yeah. the previous coaching staff was they will do a 30 for 30 on all the problems that they had trying to find defensive players when it was set up for them to draft defensive players. So I, I think with a, a different element in the building, Dan Quinn, Joe Witt, uh, you know, I, I think that there will be a different direction there. They will have a clear understanding of what they want. They're not going to want to coach orphans, you know, that nobody wants. They're not going to do that. They're going to want to coach real football players. And I think that the, that, that the attitudes for the Cowboys, the defensive tackle, and its safety will change. You know, that's a very positive <laughs> yeah. outlook, though, Brian, compared to, I think, a lot of Cowboys nation. I think it's still a lot of people are looking at this front office and saying that, 
the the Jones family is the one that that really makes the decision. They're the one that makes no. the phone call. But there is a lot more that goes into it than just them making a decision, right? Yeah, the the the, the former defensive coordinator did wanted nothing to do with Jalen Ramsey. He was a defensive coordinator wanted nothing to do with Jalen Ramsey. He would rather have Ezekiel Elliott, mm. and he said so. He said so. He didn't think though that you know there 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 there's discussions they had about a TJ Watt. You know there are different things, different discussions that they've had about players that have gone the wrong way for them. I'm not blaming every single thing on them, but there's a lot of things that you could point to that direction that 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 their attitudes about it came from their defensive coaches. Yeah, I know we like to bang on them for bypassing Jalen Ramsey, but Ezekiel Elliott, they won a lot of games with Ezekiel Elliott they told did. them to load the first couple years. I mean, like, that was the formula. Now, I would say it fell apart when the offensive line began to kind of fall apart and you started mm-hmm. losing some of those guys to attrition. That was more, I would say, the, the issue, not necessarily Jalen not being there well, or whatever. But th- th- they but, didn't fight for the guy, Bucky. Your defensive coaches, and, and I understand you have to get, there's give and take in the room. I appreciate that. I never got the impression that they really fought hard to get Jalen Ramsey here. That that's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Yeah, they may may want to play complimentary ball. Sometimes you want to play nice in the sandbox, Brian. You don't have to always like throw sand at one another in those debates. Like sometimes yeah, you, you like, you know what? Yeah, you do. You, you got to fight for your positions. You got to fight for your side. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you want to you want to have somebody so, there. Have to answer to to answer the latter part of that question. Particular, y'all know how I love my safeties. Do yep. y'all have any like more day three type of guys that stand out to you? I um, mean, day three like this. I, I'll tell you what. You know, I, I don't know if it's. I don't know. To me, I I would I would so, since you got since you got a couple of like those compensatories at three and then at four. I, I you know I I know I mentioned Gillespie from Missouri is a guy. Mm. Uh, Bucky's talked about uh, the, the Florida State kid. Nazar uh, Dean. Uh, you know, where where does Holland fit in the Oregon safety? Uh, I mean, some people like him a lot. See, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm trying to get a gauge. I, I know I've got Morig, uh, Grant, Holland. I know I've got those guys in an upper level, but in that third round, I'm kind of looking at Gillespie, Sherwood from Auburn is a guy that I'm looking at right there. So, you know, there's I think there's names there. I, I think they what? need more of a true free. Let's see what happens with Kazee. That might be something that they say, okay, well, here's going to be our free, but that maybe won't keep them from drafting one of those guys that, like I, I was talking about, again, Gillespie from Missouri, mm-hmm. you know, Nazardine from, uh, from Florida State. Hey. I don't know where Washington fits in here, the TCU kid. Ah, will, will, ah. will people ding him will people ding him because of his height? Yes. Is he more of a is he more of a third, fourth round guy? Jeff Cavanaugh will tell you he's one of his top guys. And you know, you see these guys all differently, but I do believe there's some names there. You should not pass on these kids we're talking about right now. Question, Brian, what do you think about the Texas kid Stern? Like what is your opinion on Caden Stern? Yeah, I you know what I haven't watched him, Bucky yet. I mean, I'm I'm working down through that list, and I'm trying to like pick guys off. I'm, I'm into these four. You know, I got a list. I got. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm using Dane Brugler's list. Mm. Dane and mm-hmm. I have talked to him about his list of guys. 
and where Dane kind of had some of his guys ranked, I'm just kind of following along on his list. That makes sense. And he doesn't have – so I'm like, you know, 150-some-odd players in, and he's not even on that list yet. And so I know he ran the other day in the 4-4s. Yep. There's some people that really like him. I haven't personally seen him myself. He's yeah. a guy i got to no, get to in the next couple of days. No, it's funny because, like, I think safety position, like, the beauty is all in the eye of the beholder. Um, when I look at him, one, he was a heavily recruited kid. So you pay attention to him because his freshman year was probably his best year at UT. You see him move around. He plays center field position. He comes down. Um, I would say the biggest thing that you worry about him is will he be a consistent tackler in terms of a thumper? Will he thump? Will he do some of those things? But movement skills and athleticism, he has all the traits that you look for typically for your center field player. Mm-hmm. I just wonder how he's valued. Like he's hot and cold whenever I ask people about him. Some people love him. Some people hate him. And then sometimes there's a bit of the quote-unquote Texas stigma yeah. that exists in terms of their players being perceived to be soft or coddled or however you want to yeah, shape that narrative. Yeah, I'm with you, Bucky. I, I talked to a scout the other day about him because I saw what he ran, and then the scout told me, you're going to like him. I mean, and I'm not riding the fence on this. There's some things about him you're really mm-hmm. going to like, and there's other things that you're going to not even want to deal with him at all. So I'm interested to see where he fits mm-hmm. then. Is he in that Gillespie, Washington, Nazardine, Holland, Morick? Where does he fit among all those guys? There's a bunch of names down, I think, later in that list. And you mentioned Gillespie from Missouri, but, I mean, I think – I don't think – you're looking at Divine Diablo as a top three round guy. He might be a yeah. fourth round guy. That's I, who I was yeah. about to bring up, Kyle. Hell yeah! I, 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 no, no, that's no, that's a good name, Virginia Tech. And I he's think a quality he's more player. Strong myself. Yeah, no, he is. He is, and I know yeah. Bucky. But I know Bucky likes. I think Bucky. I saw on a crawl from the NFL Network the other day. I was looking up at the board. Cisco, you have Cisco up in that area, right? The Andre Cisco kid? from Syracuse. Mm-hmm. I actually like. I just wrote his name down. He is someone that I. That I think, yeah. you know, it's so subjective when it comes to the safety position because depending on what you're looking for, how you're going to play him, and your preferred style at the position. There's some coaches that like to have uh, a cast-off corner who has some skills that can play in the slot maybe while also being a free safety type. Others want the big thumper to be able to come down in the box and play like a pseudo linebacker. A lot of it depends sure on how you want to play. Yeah, so when I think about... Dallas and this system in your head you have this visual Cam Chancellor is the, the box safety, Earl Thomas is the free safety, you go and look at what he did at Atlanta, yeah. Keanu Neal is the box safety, yeah. Demonte Kizzee and all these other guys Brian Allen, they play free safety over top so it's a very yeah. distinct look to how he wants to play and I think I would feel better if I knew how does he view Donovan Wilson yeah. because if I had a better idea on does he view Donovan Wilson as a guy that is, hey, let's position him in the box because he will thump? Mm-hmm. Or does he see him as, oh, now we can get away with him as a rangy numbers-to-numbers player and we need to find another thumper on the inside? Yeah, that's I just a good wanted point. to throw in that I thought uh, – oh, sorry, Kyle. No, go for it, Dave. But I did just – I mean, yeah, Brian, I, I agree with you. Divine Diablo is a – I mean, he's huge. He yeah. definitely – he strikes you as like a box guy, but – he went to Mobile, and obviously, like nobody's in a worse situation at the Senior Bowl than DBs. And yep. I thought he, I thought he held his own pretty well in those no, practices. Absolutely did, yeah, sure did. So that's yeah. definitely that's a name that I, 
if you're 6'3", 225, like, I just, I can't help it. Because, yeah, because <laughs> Cam Chancellor is, like, one of my favorite players of the last decade. Mm-hmm. I love that big, like, 6'2", 6'3", safety who just murders people. So, I'm all for that. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and again, he's an ACC guy. He's an ACC guy, so it might be a thing where the Cam Chancellor of Virginia, yeah. it might be Virginia Tech, here's our path. Here we go. All right, yeah, I've got sure. a couple, I've got a couple yeah, other just... ACC guys I want to talk about, though, Brian. And I'm going to throw them your direction. I hope you've maybe watched these guys. So Trill Williams from Syracuse. Have you watched him yet? No, I have not. Okay, what about uh, Paris Ford from Pittsburgh? Have you watched him? I have. No, I have not. Okay. Uh, I'm drafting Trill. I'm drafting Trill just on his name alone. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. True and real. (laughs) Bucky, have you seen either one of those guys as well? Uh, I've heard stuff on Paris Four, but I haven't seen them enough. Okay. Like, like how how down in the bin are you, Kyle? Like, uh, like I mean, like how, I'm how deep, not, in the, how I, deep in the bushel. How deep in the bushel. I've got Paris Ford as my twelfth guy, as my twelfth safety. So I'm a little bit further down on him. I liked Trill Williams a lot, and for a lot of the same reasons that Dave likes Dion, Devi- or, excuse me, Divine Diablo, because he's six two, two hundred pounds, and I think he's rangy. He's the he was the opposite corner, excuse me, the opposite safety as Andre Sisco at Syracuse. So they were teammates, they played in the back together. And Andre Sisco didn't impress me a whole lot. I have him just uh, as my 10th safety. So I have him a little bit further down because he gives up big plays like a like a runny nose. I mean, it's unbelievable how many big plays he gave up. <laughs> and I think Trill Williams cleaned up a lot of what Andre Cisco did. So I kind of put Trill Williams a little bit higher up. He's actually in my top ten, and I might be alone in that regard. But Ooh. I Ooh. I like Tim I'll a lot. Guy, when I I'll tell you a guy him. I didn't like. I'll tell you a guy I didn't like, and this is from my school, uh-huh. uh, Jacoby Stevens. Nice. I, I was not impressed at all with Jacoby Stevens. Wow. Yeah, I was not impressed at all with him. He's so a senior Please don't too. play him at safety. Please yeah. don't play him at safety. Where would you play him? That's yeah. get I, I down by the line, like try to move him to linebacker or okay. have him be like a utility guy, like maybe a dime package sort of situation. Like I I, I mean he hits well and honestly he's got a he's got a nose for the ball like he 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 he's around the ball when it gets turned over but I don't trust him in coverage even in the Man. slightest little bit. Sorry. Man. I'm sorry. Hey. Tiger on Tiger crime. I no, mean, I, I have we have a bad way. year after we win the title. We're ready to get rid of all the players. Brian, I, Brian will attest. Like, me and Brian are honest about <laughs> LSU players. Like, we don't yeah. we don't pump it up if it doesn't deserve it. Oh, we told you, we Texas, told you so should draft that Patrick Queen. We told you that Patrick it's Queen true. could play. Nobody listened to us. Yeah, well, just about everybody that got drafted off of last year's team turned out to be a badass. I don't think that's to, a coincidence. To be fair, there were like 17 I mean, first-round picks out of last year's LSU roster. So, it, yeah, you're going to get they, a lot of I that. Mean, they, they're they, gonna did, they did win the national title. Yeah, I don't know they about did. Chase on Dave. Chase on did win all that great. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Hey. Jury's still out. <laughs> Jury's still out. It's, He's still, it's a me. long career. It's a long career. Any other names? Kalevon Chasen is mad. <laughs> Any other names we want to throw out there in terms of the safety position before we wrap things up, gentlemen? Draft Richie Grant. Mm. Richie Grant is yeah, always that's not a late round guy. Bucky, have you... No, he's not late round. I'm just we don't have to worry about late round if we pit, use pick 44 on a starter. I'd be we, down. Like we can just we can just cut this convert like this conversation can be made irrelevant if they just invest in the position. Or honestly, going back to the first segment, 
And I, you know, I don't want to. I, I hate to try to like get people's hopes up, but that is a position where I could see them investing in a a better free agent. Not not Earl Thomas, not mm-hmm. like prime Earl Thomas, but yeah, if if they get Kazee, if they get Allen or Keanu Neal. Um, there's a couple other guys on the market whose names are not coming to my mind, but like they could invest there and set themselves up to where it's not as big of a need as it looks like right now. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I could see that. Brian, you were going to throw a name out there. Yeah, I don't know. Bucky, have you seen the kid? Is it Hafanga from USC? To the yeah, I've seen him. He's 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 a he's a playmaker, but yeah, I don't know how disciplined and detailed he is when it comes to coverage. Like he comes and runs around and makes a lot of plays on the ball and hits and splash plays, but I don't know how you best utilize him as a pro. Yeah, you know? see, like, I, I think I think this is a guy when you start, you're going to hear his name, and he's going to be one of those guys that's end up going to be a core special teams player for somebody. I mean. He's extremely tough. He's always around the football. You see him play near the line. His reactions, I think, are pretty good for for a safety because there's times where you'll see him jump routes and play underneath and stuff. But I think he's one of those guys, if, you, if people are talking about him, it's going to be initially as a special teams guy and then try and work his way into the safety. That's one of those day three guys, as I was going back through my notes, that you might keep an eye on. He might get drafted in day two. I'm more of a day three guy uh, with him, but uh, I keep an eye on him. Again, he, he had soldier surgery January of 2020, so it might, might affect him his way on a medical, but uh, he's a name that people have been mentioning. I like it. Lots of day three potentials and late round options for the Cowboys when it comes to safety. I don't think double dipping at safety is out of the question as well. They could go draft a Richie Grant or maybe even Elijah Molden who could be transformed into a safety from corner out of Washington at 44 and then go later on and draft a safety again. Because like Dave said earlier about wide receiver, if there's a safety late in the draft that you like, hey, why not take a pick? Let's, let's try and find some depth at that position because that's something the Cowboys have not had in quite some time. But that's going to do it for us here on the DallasCowboys.com draft show. Special thanks to Chris Beam in the back. Catch these guys next Tuesday, 10 a.m. Central Time. Continue to bring in the fire as we're closing in on a month until the NFL draft. But for Chris Beam, for Bucky Brooks, Brian Broaddus, David Hellman, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you next week on the draft show. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!